This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. We are ready at health myth number six. And on the line is health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. It's Wendy Christine. Morning, Wendy. Hope you're well. Good morning, Brad. I am so Hope you are too. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad. So um, I love these health myths because as much as we're busting these myths, I think there's so much information that you're giving us around and about this myth that we're guiding everybody else along in other areas of their thinking around their health. So I think this has been a real winner coming from you there, Wendy. So from all of us, a big thanks for this. And then, uh, and then today saying gluten is bad for everyone. And I think this is such a goodie because sometimes people say, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very healthy. I uh, eat gluten-free. And, and I can't help but think there are many terrible food choices you can make, awful food choices that are gluten-free. So that's not exactly a, a clever eating plan that's going to set you up for success unless you have a really serious condition like celiac disease. Am I right? Yes, and um, obviously a celiac disease uh, or a person with celiac disease would need to be avoiding gluten 100%. Um, and obviously following a gluten-free diet can be a lot unhealthier, as you said. Mm. So you have to be very mindful of the foods that you're choosing to replace um, your gluten products with. Mm. And I think this is important for us to know that choosing to eat gluten-free often sounds very impressive when you're sharing with somebody how you choose, you know, to, which lifestyle you follow, etc., um, but um, this is setting us up for this myth today and, and simply asking us, uh, you know, is, will gluten really, unless you have an autoimmune disease, will it really make your life so terrible? So I think this is a really good question this morning. So could you start off, if you don't mind, Wendy, we're talking about gluten this and gluten that, and someone's going like, what on earth is gluten actually? Okay, so um, before we start, I just want to say that gluten can be inflammatory, but some people won't even necessarily experience a symptom. And very often people associate a symptom with a digestive symptom. They don't oh. necessarily associate it with the pain in their joints or the fogginess in their brain. Oh. But it isn't bad for everyone. Gluten is the protein that naturally occurs in grains such as wheat, rye, and barley. And it's that sticky binder that holds the foods together. And it makes your bread so lovely, you know, so doughy and airy and light and stretchy. <laughs> and, and it also provides the glutinous grains, provide the fiber for the beneficial bacteria in the digestive tract. Is that the prebiotics that you've taught us about? That's the prebiotics. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, if you choose a gluten-free diet, I suppose it, it could be a, a healthy lifestyle choice. I mean, it could be part of a healthy lifestyle choice. Absolutely. It is a sustainable diet because if you think about it, you are not really cutting out major food groups. You're cutting out wheat, rye, and barley. For the celiac disease, it's a lot more restricted. Mm. But for the average person who's cutting out the gluten, um, that's what they will be eliminating. Um, And if you think about it, gluten is the base of many of the foods that we should be limiting anyway. Mm. So, you know, you really are not too restricted if you choose to go gluten-free. Um, if you notice in the supermarket, they're creating more and more options, gluten-free options, which I think is great, particularly if people have something as serious as celiac disease. Uh, it's great that there's so many options. But they're always just around the bread rolls, bread, rusks, um, uh, hot cross buns I've seen, and that kind of thing. Yes. It really is these refined carbohydrates, processed foods that we that you see most often as labeled gluten-free because you can also get those products with gluten in it. 
Yes, that's true. So the, the, the thing there is, first of all, they're very expensive. Mm. Secondly, they usually have a much higher glycemic index, so they are going to ha- impact your blood sugar levels a lot more because they are also quite refined. You're thinking the flours that replace them are usually things like rice flour. When you're going for the almond flours or the nut flours, those have a little bit better um, GI value, but they're still expensive and not necessarily ideal to or, or uh, practical to mm. replace meal for meal. So sometimes for me, it's a better option to find a completely different meal to replace that gluten item. Yeah. And, and let's look at, look at some of those meals. I mean, you could just as well take an egg and put a big gluten-free label on the, on the, <laughs> on the six-pack of eggs, and you probably sell more of them. Uh, that's but, right. Yeah, as and long we, as they haven't been fed grains. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. So you know, there are lots of gluten-free <laughs> options, and people realize, oh, actually, I'm eating so much food already that's gluten-free. If that's a concern, yes, absolutely. If you think of the wide variety of other foods that we eat, so all our lean meats, our poultry, our fish and seafood, dairy products, eggs, vegetables, fruits, healthy fats, nuts and seeds, other carbohydrates like pumpkin and butternut and maize and rice um, and those kind of things. Those are all gluten-free, naturally gluten-free, and there's quite a wide variety. So you shouldn't be hungry and you shouldn't struggle too much to to replace the gluten if necessary. And one doesn't always have to go like for like. You know, we like a spaghetti bolognese, so now we need to find and buy, and as you said, very pricely, uh, gluten-free spaghetti. There are other options that you could make instead of having to go like for like. Yes, exactly. So you could replace the um, the spaghetti bolognese with a cottage pie mm. or a shepherd's pie, whichever your preference is there. Um, or you could even make a lasagna using aubergine, um, aubergine as a sheet yeah. of pasta or those big baby marrows. You can use that. Mm. So there are many other ways that you can still make a nutritious meal and replace the gluten. Um, just uh, We mentioned uh, celiac disease, and uh, I know we need to have a look at some of the things that we don't realize. We think gluten is only in food, but there are other products that have it in. Um, uh, testing for celiac disease, I mean, how, how does that work exactly? So in case someone's saying, hang on a moment, when I have gluten, something terrible happens inside of me, how, how can you get that checked out? Well, it's a tricky thing to get a positive on, um, but then you usually need to do a biopsy of the small intestine. Um, so your gastroenterologist will do it. There are blood tests as well that can be done, um, but it would generally be between the two. Mm. Many people can still get a false negative. So if you suspect, if you have these severe symptoms, then I would say a gluten-free diet would be the best for you anyway. Can one run a test, um, even if it's not celiac, if it's the inflammation, it's the foggy head, the sore joints or bloating or whatever, uh, how long do you need to leave these things out of your diet to know that your taste, like, oh, I feel so much better, now I consume them again, ouch, yeah, the problems start. Like, how long should you avoid it to do a proper test if you're doing one at home on your own to check intolerance? I, I would do six to eight weeks for an elimination diet where you completely avoid all gluten. And then when you add it back, you, you would add it back sort of almost at a higher rate than you would usually eat. Mm. So, you know, you would have two or three sandwiches. Um, because that would be the way for you. You would have a, an immediate reaction. Right. Some people don't even need as, meat, as many as two or three sandwiches. Just a small amount would do it. But, um, it, yeah, that would be a, a good way to test it without going to the expense mm. of, you know, going from further blood tests and colonoscopies and things like that. Yeah. So, so let's quickly talk about um, if you do have an autoimmune <laughs> disease that's affected by uh, gluten, what else do we need to keep an eye out for that's not just food-related? So makeup products. Um, things like lipstick, eyeshadow, they all have gluten in them. Really? 
um, some of your bases, your foundation. So you really have to look at um, ingredients, uh, look, check the ingredients list. Um, many um, seasonings, flavorants and things like that, they mm. all have gluten in them as well. So, yes, it's about reading the labels, making sure that there's no, no gluten anywhere in sight. Yeah. This is actually a really tough one, you know. It's it's the most one of the more inexpensive meals to prepare, you know, and that's a, buying a loaf of bread and creating sandwiches, um, and people experiencing inferior health um, without possibly knowing that it's because of uh, the gluten in the bread, and then saying to someone, "We need to cut out bread," removes a vital food source for some people. This is quite a tricky one. It can be tricky. It really can be tricky. But and that's why I say if it, if 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 you suspect that there is a health, underlying health condition, if you can't quite put your finger on it, you've been to the doctor and the doctor says there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe then consider it could be something that you're eating, mm. and and that is one of the things that you would you know be able to cut out because if you think about it, some people are eating gluten for breakfast, lunch, and supper and snacks in between. True. So there's an excess of of gluten consumption in their diet which could potentially be part of their, their health problems that they're experiencing. So what are some of those health problems, Wendy? I mean, when you're talking about inflammation, you know, you always think of something swelling, but there's more to it than that. So so what are some of the alarm bells that's saying, hang on a moment, you need to check this out? Okay, so um, fatigue, that just doesn't resolve. If you're tired all the time, it just doesn't go away. Then you've got your intestinal symptoms like bloating, diarrhea, constipation, um, weight, weight loss or weight gain, Malnutrition, some people have um, severe iron deficiencies or other things. So if it's not related to another condition, it could be related to something that you're eating. Um, and then obviously when it's severe, people can have um, anaphylaxis. They can have severe wow. diarrhea. They really do have very severe intestinal damage as well. So that, that, those people are really aware that there's something going on. But the average person is going to have more mild um, to moderate symptoms. What if we swing this the other way and say maybe the problem is actually the wheat uh, and not necessarily just the gluten? I mean, is that possible? Yes, that is possible. Um, So wheat uh, wheat intolerance would cause things like an itchy mouth um, or throat. People could get hives. Mm. They could have shortness of breath or asthma. Uh, They could have nausea, again, diarrhea, vomiting, cramps. IBS um, is one of the most common things that people suffer with. Mm. And that would really benefit from uh, a gluten-free or certainly a wheat-free diet. I wonder how many people, and this might be a a difficult thing to say, uh, would rather say, I can't live without my bread. I can't live without my scones. I can't live without my whatever. Um, I'll I'll put up with the bloating. I'll put up with the pain. But I can't imagine, like, how do you change something that I've been doing my whole life or eating this way my whole life? It's... It's, I think this is a this is, can be really tricky for some people to actually change some of the basics, you know, bread and that sort of thing becomes the basis of, of people's diets. It certainly is. And obviously, I see lots of people and um, uh, often advising people to remove certain foods from their diet. And they really, really struggle with this, um, especially if they can't relate it to something severe. Mm. Um, but, you know, they might be fatigued or they might have IBS, but they think, oh, you know, I can tolerate that. And as you say, you know, the, the willingness to change is, is not always there. Mm. And, you know, you can, you can only inform somebody. You can only give them the information and they need to make their, their own healthy choices. And if they're not ready to do it at that particular time, well, then maybe there's another reason for that. Because uh, these types of foods are also very much antidepressant type foods. Ah. So they make people feel good. 
And that, that, I think, is the hardest part. Is when you're not eating those anymore, you don't have that sort of temporary lift from your, you know, your depressed state, mm. if you like. And then you get stories of people who have said, look, I just I decided to suck it up and, and just go for it and eliminate these things and change the way I eat. And the stories they tell, I mean, I've heard a few myself, the stories they tell of, of the vibrancy of life that they experience, and they'll say something like, I wish I had done this 10 years ago. Um, yeah. So, look, if you're in a space where you're experiencing some of the things that Wendy has spoken about, get in touch with her at Integrated Health Solution in Durbanville. Contact her and go and get a checkup and have a conversation. And who knows? You could turn the corner. Something you felt like is normal that you've had to take medication for, Wendy, for most of your life. There could be a change around the corner, but you've got to want to change, I guess. Yes, that's true. Yeah, mm. we can't make you do it. <laughs> you have to want to. You, you know, once you, once you have the information, it's up to you to make the decision. Yeah, get hold of Wendy. She's a, a wellness coach, a health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. That's in Durbanville, Wendy. We love hanging out with you. Thanks for busting today's health myth, and we look forward to more time with you next week. Thank you so much, Brad. Have a great Thursday. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit. 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.